Hi, I'm Elisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness, and I don't need to remind you that we have all been living in challenging times. If you're feeling weary and you want to get back to the heart of worship without performance, striving, or turning on your calorie counter, then I invite you to join our new fitness program, Songs of Ascent, 21 Days of Walking Prayer. If you don't have a regular exercise routine, this program is the perfect place to start. Or if you're like me and need to get back in touch with movement that isn't about counting calories, strength gains, weight loss, or closing the rings on your watch, then this program is for you. Now you might think of prayer happening on your knees or in a chair, but something transformative happens in our brains and our bodies when we move our feet and hear God's truth. As we start to think and say new things, what feels stuck inside of us gets unlocked. For 21 days, you'll bring your body and your mind closer to God as you journey through Psalms 120 to 134, the Songs of Ascent. Each day you'll be invited to walk and pray through the scripture with an instructional audio recording as your guide. You'll learn proper walking form, avoid muscle aches and fatigue, and you'll learn to breathe better as you walk. But most importantly, you will be transformed as you move your feet and pray. Movement is a simple act given to us by God that we might draw closer to Him and further away from the cares that weigh us down. Your joy will be restored for prayer and you'll receive a fresh heart for worship. Whatever your fitness level, let us help you experience God's presence in movement and develop healthy habits around prayer. Let's cease worrying about moving numbers on the scale. Instead, through prayer, let's move mountains with God. Let's get back to the simple joy of movement and closer to the heart of God. So come, join thousands of people around the world as we spend 21 days moving our hearts and bodies closer to God. Sign up for Songs of Ascent 21 Days of Walking Prayer today. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. If I sound a little different right now, it's because I am recording this from my phone because it is a crazy good week around here in Revelation Wellness Headquarters. We have um, many staff members here, instructors, recording all kinds of great content for you that is coming soon. And something that is not only coming soon, but now open for signups is our Songs of Ascent 21 Days of Walking Prayer. This is for everyone. If you have a body and you've been moving it, doing all the fitness and all the burpees and all the push-ups and all the stuff, we challenge you. We invite you into this program to come back to this simple joy of movement and the gift for your brain, body, and soul that can be found in walking and praying. There's something called NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. It's that all movement matters. So if you've been moving for a while, we're saying, hey, let's get back to some basics. Join us for 21 days of walking through the songs of ascent. And if you're looking for a way to get going and start moving your body, 21 days for 20 minutes of walking as we pray. The signups are open now. Program begins June 7th. Join thousands of people around the world as we spend 21 days moving our bodies and our hearts closer to God 
through walking prayer. Any tax deductible donation gets you in. And as you sign up, before you sign up, before June 3rd, after that, the program will not be a pick your price. It will be a program available for $29. So don't wait. We want you to do this in real time, in live community with us all. The Songs of Ascent are historically known as the 15 Psalms that the people of God would sing and pray and proclaim as they would head to the temple three times a year to make offerings to the Lord. Well, friends, our bodies are now the temple. We are with God right now, but our hearts need to draw closer. So you're invited, swipe up, get all the details, get on the link, get get a friend, get many friends. Everyone and anyone not only can do this program, but I really, you know, I don't like to should, but I think we need to get back to the basics. So this is going to be a good one. So get in there and I will be talking more about it. Do not delay. Again, it starts on June 7th, but signups close on June 3rd. Don't wait. All right, let's get to today's teaching. We have a teaching episode about rewiring your brain to answer the Lord's call. Enjoy it. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. So my name is Elisa Keaton. I'm the founder of Revelation Wellness. We have been a nonprofit ministry for 10 years now, 10 years. These are the five things that I've learned in 10 years. Uh, and I could not have imagined that we would be where we are today. Uh, we use all things, fitness, wellness. If you are thinking about what to do with your body, if you are obsessing over your body or neglecting your body, or you feel condemned by your body, or you feel let down by your body, or you're just drawn into that loop and cycle of wanting to be well, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, wellness is a gift. The fact that you have a body, that you have breath, that you can um, think a new thought, that you can desire a new way of life, that is a gift, that is a grace, and we want to embrace that. But we say, let's take that and make it the subcategory of the big focus, which is God. The person that you've been made to be by a God who created you. So that's where this ministry gets a little different. We invite people um, to be here, no matter what your faith is and what you believe in, because actually everyone is believing in something. Everyone, you're believing in gravity right now. You believe in it because it's proven itself that you can stand up and not fall down because you have learned how to work against gravity. We all are believing something. So if we're here at Revelation Wellness, we believe in God, the Yahweh God, the one true God, the God who sent his son not to condemn the world, but to love the world, that we would come back home to God, the God who created us. He is a father. He's a good father. Doesn't mean life is not going to be hard because of sin. We are prone to want our own way of life. That is a self-ish or self-idolatry level of self that I know better. I am God and there is no other. We tend to do that. So either we are people who say, I am God and there is no other and there is no such thing, and that's an option. Or you're saying, you know what, there has to be. There has to be more to this world. I mean, there has to be. And I always fall back on this quote, the reason you long for a love that never ends and a beauty that never fades is because you were created for it. That's a C.S. Lewis quote, and I love it. It's rational. You have to reason yourself. Like, why do I seem to want stuff that I can't seem to get? Because on this side of 
kingdom and this earth, we have sin. We have fallen. We are prone to be our own God. We are prone to selfishness, which my story is I took my body and it became my thing, my God. I'm coming out of the fitness world after many, many years and competing and doing all the things. And I had God on the side, but I was God and there was no other. And it turns out it's a pretty empty life headed into a road that was leading me nowhere. So entered God into my life. I needed God. I wanted to live for more. And that's the whole point. You were created to live for more. And God is calling you to himself. So we're going to talk about today this concept of being able to learn new things. <laughs> to learn new things that you can be a new creation. Actually, we're called to be a new creation and to rid ourselves of the old self, put on the new self. And so what I share with you today, I'm positive if it's your desire to write a book or to be a better parent or whatever it is you want to do that you want to um, upgrade your life with, something I'm going to share with you is going to resonate because that's God calling you to him to say, follow me. Follow me. Following means doing, going, and in your going is your healing. So it is a rough road. It's a narrow road. It's not an easy road. It is simple, but we overcomplicate it. So let's talk about this concept of being able to rewire ourselves to pursue the things of God and know this, write this down. Some of y'all need to take notes that it will come against what you know to be true. Following and taking your mindset going, your mindset is either I live for the things of the earth and what I can control, option, mindset, I live for the things I can control, or mindset of has to be more. I don't think I'm the point. I don't think I'm the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. I don't think I can figure this out on my own, mindset. So once we set our mind on that place of there is a God and there is no other and I need to know him. That means everything we have ever learned prior to that has to be relearned, which is why we need to rewire. So here is this little thing called your brain. It's in your noggin right now, your brain. You know, I mean, I, oops, ooh, this magnetic thing. I um, would have once upon a time said I'm much of a feeler, like living from the heart. And actually people who mindset is, I live for the things of the world, the things I can control. Um, that is just a desire of the heart. And the Bible tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things. Like your heart will tell you, I want this and I want this and I want this. The heart, it's a beautiful thing. Um, and the Lord uses, he comes, uh, he comes for your heart, but first he has to get past your your mind. The mind is where the battle of everything happens. When you were formed in your mother's womb, you were began to grow a mind. You, you were born with a brain, but the brain wasn't fully developed. Now, let me tell you the difference between the mind and the brain. The brain is the organ. The brain is the, the material matter that's in your head, and it has all these sections and parts that have been um, defined, and we kind of know more by neuroscience what the brain does, how the brain learns stuff. And then there's the mind. The mind is something science can't decide about. They're like, mm, not sure how to do that because it's, it's very spiritual. Mind's consciousness is what is my, what makes you make up your mind to do that? And someone makes up their mind to do that because the brain's job is just to say, as you wish. 
the mind gives context, the mind makes meaning, and the brain gives it muscle and says, okay, we're going to do that. But when you were young, you didn't know how to make meaning in the world. Your brain is just busy trying to make connections. So when you're young, for most of you, you have these concepts, things you have learned, ideas you have learned that were just deposited into you because based on your environment, whether it was a healthy, supportive, loving, nurturing attachment environment, then you probably will fare better at love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. You'll have more resiliency for that if your environment around you nurtured that so that your brain could empathize and reason. You could have fight, flight, freeze, but someone was there to nurture you through it well. Or you were like 70 other percent of the population, myself included, you didn't have that environment. And so fight, flight, freeze, your brain created um, thoughts, which a thought is just two neurons, two brain cells that fire a little synapse, a little, a little synapse fires. It's the space between two neurons in your, in your brain. There's like billions of these going off right now as you're listening to me. And that little synapse, like it's a neurotransmitter, some energy gets created there that then fires and wires them together. So then everything you have learned in life have been these neurons that have come together and wired themselves together. You put yourself in an emotional environment where it was unstable, uncertain, alcoholism, um, just whatever it was, abuse. You were never taught or given permission to self-regulate and to have some agency and like, it's hard stuff. Parents, we're all getting it wrong. No one's acing this, but if you love God and you let him love you as the parent he is, then you will be a better parent. You will transfer that energy down so that your children have a chance at something different than you never had. Anyways, I don't want to go further into that. What I'm trying to say is that everything about your life is based on what you have learned, period. Whether you're conscious of it or not, what you do is coming from what you believe. And some of it is just what you've always done. So to rewire ourselves, we have to be able to step back and have a mindset of, I need to reassess things so that I can do things differently. That's the Lord saying yes. So synapses and neurons have been firing together and wiring together. So when I say the five things that I have learned in 10 years, as I said, to be a learner is to be a disciple. That when Jesus says, follow me, follow me, that means walk with me, I'll talk, I'll teach, you will learn. The word disciple means to be a learner. So you're always learning. You're never done. I don't care if you're 75, 80 years old, you are still being discipled by the Lord. You still have something to learn. And when we learn new things for the kingdom or in God's, the mindset of the kingdom, the old mindset begins to close down. You can't have two thoughts at the same time. You can't. You can have a feeling, then you have to make a choice on which way will I go, which firing together and wiring together of neurons and thoughts that I have, am I going to strengthen? Am I going to strengthen what I've always known or am I going to strengthen what God is telling me to be true? Because the whole telling me to be true thing means I've got to have faith in what he said. That's a whole different thing. This over here in the world, A plus B is C. A plus B is C. If I do this, I do this, I do this. And so we put a lot of faith in that. 
at some point it terminates. We're exhausted. We're tired. It does not produce what we thought. So we go over to this mindset. We fire and wire to get new thoughts, new ways, and we have a new life. Okay. That was all for free. Who's excited about mindset? And and our rewire, we rewire our brain. And by the way, when you exercise, this matters. When you move your body, you create more new brain cells. Your hippocampus, it's right here. Your hippocampus. This is where new brain cells, new neurons get pumped out all the time. But when you exercise, a higher percentage comes out and your hippocampus is firing off. And people who exercise have bigger hippocampuses smaller amygdalas and bigger brains. It's just, it's like when we move our bodies, cause Jesus says, follow me, Fo not sit down and listen. No, follow me, walk with me, move with me, do some uncomfortable things with me. This isn't going to be easy, but follow me. Those people are firing off hippocampus and, and their, fire, their hippocampus is bigger. They're more likely to change, to create habit change and thought change than someone who just sits and reads the information. Bang, zoom, let's go. So this is why free RevWall TV, all the things we're doing here is, it really isn't about making your thighs smaller or any of that. I mean, secondary. Let's fire together and wire together new thoughts and you'll become a new person. You'll be transformed from the inside out. All right, so in 10 years, the five things I have learned, if you're someone who wants to start a ministry, do something, now listen to me. <laughs> Sit down, take notes, and then get up and follow Christ. Don't follow me, but if you follow me, I'm just following Christ. All right? So here we go. The old thought that I used to have, number one, an old thought I used to have is that the old thought, right? Something I learned in my youth that I did not even know, I just it's how I thought is that I need a plan all mapped out. So when God called me to Revelation Wellness, I was feeling like, oh, I'm supposed to do this. First of all, I didn't want to do it. I just thought that would not be cool. I will lose all my friendships. People will think I'm a Jesus freak. All that stuff. Tell you what, best, you don't need any of that anyways. It's the best life to just lose it all to find your life. So there was that at first. But when I finally said yes, and I started the clock on, okay, we're going to do this, God. The first thing I thought, my old thought, was that I need a plan. <laughs> and I need to see a long-term plan. I need control. <laughs> I need to know what to expect. But that, again, is my, my old brain, my amygdala, my fight, flight, freeze, fi just firing off the neurons in those sections of what I have learned living in survival. I need a, I need a plan. Anyone else? That's an old thought. Here's the truth. First thing I've learned, and I'm still learning it, and I can tell you. You just take the first next step. That's it. That's it. You want the whole plan? You're not going to get it. You have to take the one thing you know to do next. So, for example, when I, I knew that this was something God wanted me to do, and I finally relented and said, okay, we're going to do that. I didn't know what, but I knew the first thing he was asking me to do was to write a little bit of like a, an eight week curriculum. Basically, I knew how to train clients. 
and I had a program that I kind of worked them through. I thought, well, you know, I could take that because I know how to do that. And now I'm going to like spin it off into what does God have to say about these things? And that is my book, The Wellness Revelation, which you can get right now on Amazon. I, I, I spun it off to like, here are things we need to consider. I read the Bible. I studied the Bible some. I thought I can flip this so that it actually highlights God as the most important thing, the thing you're really looking for, the thing you need to lose is your fear of being fat, whatever it is, and love God. Because in loving God, all these other things work themselves out. So I knew I could do that. And that's what I did. Did I know that I would be a nonprofit? That scared me. I was like, I don't, I don't, how do you even do that? I had the thought, maybe, do I need to go get a nonprofit? Do I need to get a this? Do I need to get that? And it was overwhelming, but I thought, all right, I know the next thing I'm to do. But here's the truth. When he asked me to write that, um, I'm like, well, I also don't know how to, like, I don't have a laptop. Um, I've failed, like, not failed. I, I cheated through high school English. Like, what? You want me to write this thing out? Like, you want me to write it out, write it out? Like, put it on a document so other people could go through it with me? Yep. So there was scary things there. And that was enough for that time. But I just had to take the first step. So I knew that was one. That was literally the beginning. I remember I came home and told my husband, I think I'm going to do this. He thought I was crazy. Mm -hmm. He's like, you don't even, you're going to what? I'm, I'm going to get a laptop. I didn't own a laptop. I barely had a phone at that time. And I just thought, I, that's what I'm going to do. I took that first step. From that, things unfolded. Uh, it tells us in the Old Testament that when the Israelites are going to take the new land, take, take the land that God has promised them, God says, you will take it little by little by little. Like if you go and take all the land right now, there's too many enemies. They will overwhelm you. It'll overwhelm you. They will get you. But if you go little by little by little, so all of it happens little by little. So that was my new thing is like, and even to this day, when I get into a place, what do I do? What's the one Thing. What's the next thing I can do? This is literally why we follow his, his word as a lamp, not a searchlight, a lamp unto our feet. I get like about three foot radius. Okay, I think I'll, I can do this. And that's it. Second old thought. I don't know what I'm doing. This, this imposter thing, this, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. And I have actually learned that that is exactly what it needs to be. The dream has to be bigger than you. The, the call has to be bigger than you. You have to have no clue. You have to feel afraid. You could look like a fool. Ta-da! <laughs> that is, you're on the right track. I don't know what I'm doing. I have honestly have learned to, to relish in those moments of, it feels like another Red Sea moment. Well, don't know what I'm doing now. <laughs> what am I going to do? And this is where you call upon God to be God. And he shows up again to a lamp unto your feet. Put your foot in the water. Raise your staff. Whatever it is, Moses raised his staff. Joshua puts his, or the priests put their feet in the water. He tells the next thing. But to not know what you're doing is appropriate. Now, that doesn't mean you don't take your gifting with you, right? So fitness is a gift for me. Like it's, um, 
weird. Like I can move bodies. I, I, I've always young, I could move, I could see bodies moving. Like, I don't know, just the body thing for me was always kind of there. So that's something that I have. It's not to say I don't have something that I know is my gift that I can be grateful for. And then everything else, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing when it came to starting a nonprofit. I didn't know what I was doing when it came to starting a team. Uh, we now have th almost 30 employees. What? <laughs> like, I don't, what? Um, I think I always had natural kind of leadership in me. P.S. I was a terrible leader at the beginning. I was so afraid. I was still trying to unlearn some stuff that, well, I wouldn't say I was terrible. I'm probably, probably being harsh on myself. But I look back at the leader I was then. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so afraid. I was so scared. I was running hard. I was working hard. And I expected people to work hard too. Like, there are things. I didn't know what I'm doing. But God called me and he was working it out along the way. So it's good. When you don't know what you're doing, this is where you go, well, God now has to show up. The third thing, this is an old thought. I have to have it all together or else no one will believe me. As if my reputation is my responsibility. My reputation is God's responsibility. Yes, I am to live above reproach. I live inside him. I keep myself in the shadow of his wing. I don't have to worry about my responsibility now or my reputation. Um, what other people will think of me. That's really what it is. I have to have it all together or else no one will believe me. It's this fear of man that I have to have it together in some way in order for people to want to, um, to take me seriously. And the truth is the new thought that I've learned, the third thing is no one is supposed to believe me. They're supposed to believe Jesus. I need Jesus. And this is how I follow Jesus. It's why Paul can boast in his weaknesses. It goes back to, you know, have to have it all together. No, I actually, there are places that I do not have it together. And I am prone to be afraid, to fight, flight, freeze. I am prone to think suspiciously and not assume the best. Like, I, I have to know those things. And that... That then is how I need more Jesus. I need to keep following him. And then people will follow Jesus if they're following me because that's what I'm doing. I'm following Jesus. So I have learned that I'm not supposed to have it all together. It really is this place of <laughs> everything. Hold on. I have to fix this so I can feel it falling down. Everything the world tells you, it's literally the opposite. Everything about following the kingdom. It's literally the opposite. I could sum up this entire Facebook live with that. Fourth, my old thought of something I had learned in my, somewhere in my youth, somewhere in my upbringing and environment, I thought I had to do it myself or no one will do it or do it better than me. Hello, anyone else? That I have to do it myself or no one will do it or do it better than me. <laughs> oh goodness. This is why the thought of like a team, how would I do that? How would I, how would I turn something over to them? I, I know how to do this. 
that whole trusting and P.S. This is God's plan. You aren't supposed to do it alone. You cannot do it alone. This is why he gave us the body of Christ. So that others have to come. Others don't have, actually they have to come. If the dream, if the thing is going to grow to the God-sized thing it's supposed to be, then others will need to come around and you have to celebrate, let go and let them step into who they are. And by the way, that's a, a big thing there. Um, side note, I would say, be, don't be suspicious of other B, assume the best of them, but also be, um, when you grow a team or when you, when the thing starts to grow, consider that uh, initially I would just take a warm body just because I was so desperate that I finally needed help. See, what I would do is do it all myself as, for as long as I could. And then I would explode with exhaustion. And then I would just take anyone with a heartbeat, which meant sometimes they weren't the best person for that job, which God bless, they were still kind to come help. But then you would get into a situation where you, the wrong person is in the wrong seat. This is what's really beautiful now. 10 years into this ministry, we have the right people in the right seats. And I can tell you, this is why the thing is taking off because God wants people in their giftings to be seated and to be fruitful and multiply with their giftings. So if you're impatient and you just take any, anybody that will come along, um, we have a saying in the ministry that urgency costs us our agency. If you feel like I have to do something now, you will lose the authority of the agency that you have in that space. And actually it's not kind Patience is kind. Love is patient. Love is kind. So that's why it's important that you have to be able to ask for help. Don't wait until if you do it all yourself, you'll explode. And then you just take anybody with a pulse. <laughs> and that doesn't work out well for everyone in the end. So the new thought is that God has helpers for me. And they're helpers that come so that they can be in their gifting. Leah, our COO, um, she was the first to come and help me as her gifting. She's still here with me 10 years from the very beginning. There was me and then there was Leah. And Leah is 10 years older. Her hair is just as beautiful and she's just as tall as ever, twice as tall as me. We're so opposite. We are so opposite, but that she has a different gift than me. Um, and she's also grown in her gifting as She's also grown in relationship with others and growing a team to now having 30 or so employees. Tracy, Fran, Katrina, Kristen are lead instructors. At some point I had to step down and say, I'm not gonna be the lead instructor anymore. I'm passing this on to other people because there are other things I needed to be doing than going through the curriculum twice a year with people. I did that at the beginning. I did all the roles, everything that's being done to some measure I did it. I didn't do it as well as it's being done now. That's why the help thing is just so holy. So God has helpers for you. More are with you than against you. Hope that helps someone. And finally, the fifth thing that I have learned, and I just hit on it recently or just before, patience. My old thought life, Things that I learned before somewhere in my upbringing and before I knew God was I was impatient. And, and did you know, I've, I've said this story before. It was always one of my, if I did a job interview, and you know how job interviews would ask you, what's your strength? What's your weakness? 
If they asked me what my weakness was, I would say impatient. Because in my mind, I would spin it to be like, if there's something to get done, I will get it done. And that is still true. I, I have to still slow my roll because if there's something that can get done, I'll get it done. What I've learned now is not everything has to get done. <laughs> Just because I can doesn't mean we should. So to be patient, impatience is my old mindset, old things that I had learned somewhere. And it looked as if it looked good because I could make things happen. But the Bible says the way uh, that the, unless the Lord builds it, the laborers build in vain. So how many things do we build in vain? Cause we're impatient and we think, well, this certainly must be good. Hey, I have the idea. It must be from God. I should go do that. When have we even said, is it the time? Is there any, is there truly a need or is it just something that might make me soothe me to feel control? So impatience was an old thought and a new thought that I have learned in 10 years is God things take time. God things take time. I have, I'm 50 years old now. <clears throat> 10 years ago, when we started the ministry, I feel like it was even before then. I mean, I've been in ministry now for um, since my my son was five, so about 15 years. It's been ministry-wise 15, like, gosh, I even think before that. No, it was before that. My son was, when I got the call of God in my life, my son was six months old, about six months old. But the ministry part did not, like, becoming a nonprofit of Revelation Wellness did not happen until 10 years ago. But it's felt like this 20-year thing of, like, unlearning to learn new things, breaking off the neurons that break apart, fall apart, break them apart, they will fall apart so that I can wire and fire together new things that I've shared with you today. So I would ask you this in closing, what things have you learned? Could we put it in the chat? Let's fire up the chat. What things have you learned in the blank amount of years that you have been following Christ. I would love to read those. I'm gonna pray for us right now so we can, if this is on the podcast, it can close out and then I'm gonna come back and I'd love to chit chat with you guys and also celebrate the things that God has rewired in you. And then this whole month, we're gonna keep talking more about how, we, we, we understand now that we can rewire, we need to rewire, how do we rewire our brain? Well, I already gave you a hint today, and that is go move your body and do RevWell TV free. I, I promise you, just move your body and, and get in this, like as your body as worship to God, which just the word worship means a devotion to. Don't be devoted to your calorie counter. Don't be devoted to closing your rings. Don't be devoted to your food journal. Don't be devoted to whoever says you should eat this, do what. Don't be devoted to your body scale. Don't be devoted. Don't do that. All of that is a chasing after the wind. Waste of time, too. So we can rewire, but we're going to take that time this month to do it. So God, thank you so much for this time. I thank you for Facebook Live. I thank you, God, that you are rewiring and making things new, that you are teaching us new things. Thank you that you're not in a rush. Thank you that you are patient, that you are kind, that you did not save us to put us to work for you, 
You saved us, you came for us so that we could be with you. And in being with you, there's an overflow. And it's one that produces righteousness, peace, and joy in our life. So have your way with more of that for everyone who's listening. Rewire us, God. Give us new thoughts, new ways. In Jesus' name, amen.